Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 40 of The Shetty Show. I'm joined here by co-host... Shiv Kapoor. Shiv Kapoor. And uh, we are here solo today. We're going to do a podcast like old days. Uh, three weeks of straight guests. Hope you've been enjoying the content. Plenty more to come. A lot of exciting news to share with you guys about the podcast and the direction we feel it's heading. Um, but yeah, thanks again for listening in and tuning in. You know, we were just saying this earlier. In three months, it'll be 52 weeks. And I just, I can't believe it. It's, it's, it's funny that 40 weeks go by like fucking that. They like, fly by. Dude, I, and it's like, a lot's happened for the both of us the past seven, eight months. But it's like, it's one of those things where I think if you're... If you're, like, you know, with the grind, time just fucking flies. Yeah. Dude. It just it just goes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, it's exactly the way it's supposed to be if you're really putting in that work. Um, but, yeah, I guess we could get, give a couple life updates. Yeah. Um, so, if you don't know by now, Shiv and I um, are living together. We are going to have our third roommate, my cousin Javi, on the podcast today, but he was a little busy. Couldn't make it, but yeah, we're living together in a little place Wicker in Wicker Park, Park, Chicago, Illinois, um, and basically we've just been here for a month, but now it's going to be a lot easier for us to do the podcast every week. We have no excuse. We live here, um, so we want to get started with video soon. Um, don't know the timeline on that really, so don't expect but it. But the main thing is going to be the upgrade in microphone Yeah, quality. upgrade in microphone quality. So you will see a, a big upgrade in microphone I want, I want people to just understand, you know, and, and I kind of like the fact we did it this way. We literally downloaded an app and started talking. Like, that was it. Mm. We, we just, and, you know, we've been over how and why we started. But, like, just to bring it to reference, like, we're not editors, you know. Ed works in finance. I work in accounting. Like, this isn't, uh, we're not marketing guys. We're not necessarily we've never been content creators no i think this is really both of our first pieces of like you know this is a piece of work that i've done that yeah. you know in a way that is, is easy to show mm-hmm. right because i mean you know we we work hard at drops yeah and we have product of that but like who cares exactly you know yeah uh so and i think you know us upgrading here and like kind of taking things slow like we did the first 25 podcasts without a guest yeah. however many podcasts we did. You're right, 25. And, like, even when we got guests on, we, you, I think people who have listened to the podcast can have even said, we've gotten a lot better just by doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, there's no fucking YouTube video. There's no fucking... Like, we literally sit down and we start talking. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the... It's the best, the best thing. Because people, when people say that if they like the pod, it's that. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's just you guys talking. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's that simple. But that also simple. at the same time, like there's a natural flow to things. Absolutely. You know? And I think it's because of all the great podcasts we, we watch. We watch and listen to, you know? yeah. I definitely take pointers from, uh, you know, Joe Rogan and, you know, guys like Logan Paul, Andrew Huberman, anytime I'm listening to them. Not that I'm trying to, like, emulate what they do, but in a sense, I kind of see how they talk, how they have conversations, and you kind of learn that way. In a very strange way, you do. Um, not saying that we're at that level or not, but... Um, it's definitely something that, you know, we take in stride kind of. You know, and I think, I think it's really cool that maybe, you know, 10 years down the line, you can, it can expand things, I think, for our careers. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, you gotta be, I think, especially in the business world, you gotta be vocal. Mm -hmm. You have to be out there. If you're presentable on video, like, no matter what company you work for, like, that's a bonus. Yeah. They can put you on videos and stuff, because I know... Uh, you go on LinkedIn now and that's one thing I wanted to talk about too mm. LinkedIn has like sneakily become into, for me a top I think it's top two three social like media app I consume mm. I'm literally on LinkedIn past few weeks quite a bit yeah because people have been posting like it's actually been like creative stuff and now that we're in business like I like to read that stuff yeah, like landscapes and like what Gen Z thinks, but I saw I keep seeing this thing where Gen, they say Gen Z cares more about like aligning with the company's values than pay. 
I've been seeing that a lot. Um, and I genuinely think that that is not true. Yeah, I think that's kind of cat. Because every single person I talk to would like to get paid for it. Yeah, if, if you're getting paid 10 grand elsewhere and it's not a place you align your values with, you're probably still going to take it. But, like, and yes, I agree. Like, in terms of. And that's what I mean. Like, what, but, like, what are we, what are we what talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are we talking, like, their, the company ethics but or, here's like. my problem with saying that. You're at 22. We don't necessarily even know what we value in a good company. Yeah. You may have worked for a good company in the past, but in terms of like, you know, most people when they get out of college, they get that like stated job now. Like, this is their job now. You really don't. What do you know? Yeah, you know nothing. You know, until you figure things out and you're like, okay, I wish it was, this was better or this shouldn't work this way. Obviously, there's minimums that we all know, but like, I think it's all cap. Yeah, I don't believe that at all. There's nobody that I know that would take a significant pay cut just because they like the company better. I disagree with, with that particular statement. Like, people do that all the time, but, like, yeah, at, at our level, I Yeah. At our level. At, I, like, like, nobody I know. Because, but, the, but the thing is, is, like, that significant pay, pay cut is, like, way more significant than the higher up. Yeah, when up. you're up there. Like, you take a pay cut from 200K to 170K. It's really not like not make or break. You know, you really shouldn't be paycheck to paycheck at two hundred thousand, right? So that thirty k is not much, but thirty k difference from ninety to sixty is like a lot. It's like another like class of income. So Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. That's completely different when you get up to that level. That's what I mean. Like our age, I don't think anybody's doing that. Like no, like you're just trying. Yeah, you're trying to get in the door right now. Yeah, if you're not in the door already, or just the highest you can get exactly you know, but. yeah but i think that's how you know it'll roll with time we'll get up to that point maybe or maybe we'll just be doing our own thing in five to ten years obviously knows, like bro. i know you want to do your own thing and no and, you know i i just honestly my whole view on things is at, at this age i know that you know the capacity you you work 40 years of your life yeah and if you think about it, if you break it into chunks, like a good part of that is a learning process. And like I think taking six years and just getting in the weeds is like perfectly fine. Yeah. Because you have if even in ten years, if in ten years you wake up and you're like, I don't want to do this, you have thirty more years of working mm-hmm. to go. You know, you only went to school for five years. Mm. Right or four years. I went to school for five. Like, it's a very, very small part of your life. And that was one of the things someone was telling me the other day, uh, I was talking to a CPA, and uh, they were like, yeah, you know, like, passing those exams feels like a lot, and then you realize a couple of years in that it's like a very short amount of your career. And the learning that you do in your career goes beyond for multiple choice tests. Yeah. You know, but. That's one thing we could get into. Um... There was a notion that when I was a kid, I thought that when you stop school, you stop learning. Yeah. Like, I genuinely thought that when I was a kid. Really? I thought that when you, when you graduated from college, like, you're going to know whatever you need to to do your job. Right. And you're just going to go to your 9 to 5 and right. do that forever. Yeah. That's what I thought as a kid. Nothing. Yeah. yeah really. And that's just yeah. completely not true. Like, yeah. if you're not learning in your current role or how you work, like, you're probably not going to make any progress where you're going. No, dude. And I think... That's the thing I see is like people aren't actively, sur- even if it's not work related learning. Yeah. It could be life related learning. Yeah. Something nonfiction, whether it's you can consume it on YouTube, mm-hmm. wherever. TikTok's yeah. probably not the best place because people just say whatever they want. Yeah. But yeah, like both of us are like, I know you're you're really interested in learning about real estate, right? Yeah. So you're looking at videos and diving into what does this mean how does this how does this work you don't work in real estate no but you're learning about it and in some aspects that can help you wherever and it will help you in real estate i do so many people i know just don't they like work their job and then they like start drinking (laughs) like it's which is it which isn't a awful choice out of all the the mediums if you're gonna start drinking that this weekend yeah yeah. Uh, if you're gonna start drinking right after work hey more power to you but we're gonna we're gonna have something bigger here yeah and, and like i even, even like, and I, obviously both of us in, when you first start a job, like you're going to be learning a fuck time. But I feel like even people five years in are just like, yeah, I do this. 
Mm-hmm. And then, but like you think about it, like if you took an outside looking view in on what you do for people like that, it's like you're just an assembly line worker, except you're in a corporate office now. Yeah. If you're not actively learning and trying to build your skills, you're an assembly line worker because mm-hmm. essentially you're repeating a process over and over and over again. Yeah. Now it's not as simple as taking one thing and putting it in another basket, but mm-hmm. like it's this. It becomes Same that premise. right when you do a task enough even if mundane or however complex, it becomes automated. Yeah. That's just how we work. Mm-hmm. And you can just, like, I've worked in, my, like, last job was mostly, like, data entry, like, mundane, the mundane side of accounting. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, literally my whole, like, day job was on autopilot. I did not learn a thing. Yeah. Besides how to do what they wanted me to do, but that didn't actually teach, teach me you anything, anything valuable. It was no. just, like, click this button, click this button, click this button. Yeah, and like I did feel like a good sense of. I mean, I was in school, so I was learning some other stuff. But like, when I used to be the summer, I was literally like, mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here clicking buttons. Yeah, and like I don't obviously. I think working hard, and regardless of how mundane it is, is valuable. Like I was, we were having this argument. Um, me and a couple buddies were having this argument about a month ago. Would you let your? Would you make your kid? Or would you like? Obviously, you're. Let's say you're rich and successful. Would you make your kid work at like a Jimmy John's? Yeah. Even though you could get him, like, regardless of the hookup, you could get him as a job at sixteen. Would you make him do like six months a year, however long, at like a restaurant or construction mowing lawns or something outside, and just to build that like the grid? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think for sure. I think one thing I'll say on that is if I can get my kid a job doing something where I feel it's maybe more valuable, I'll probably steer him in that direction. Like, let's say like a like a front desk assistant at like an office right. for a summer. Right. Like, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad place to start them as long as they're working, though. I think working is extremely important. I, I, I agree with that. My view on it is, and that was what my buddies were saying, is like, no, why would I make my kid do like that job I, if I can get him a, a role that's going to get him experience? My problem is this, and that's this is personal experience. I really didn't know how to work hard at anything. Yeah, till you got thrown. Really, in the fire. anything like it, at dude, my whole high school was literally me just doing as little as possible to hit minimum targets. Yeah, that was it. Even in athletics where I was, you know, I was still going to morning lifts and stuff. But yeah. even then, if I was being honest with myself, I showed up because that's when I had to show up. Mm-hmm. And I left. That's when I had to leave. And only if my friends who, like, yeah, they were all on varsity. So they were watching film. That's when I'd watch them. Mm-hmm. Right? I wasn't putting in any effort outside of it. Now, right. and wondering why success wasn't coming. Mm-hmm. Right? But I was clueless. It wasn't until I started working a job as a busser and I worked as a server and then I worked at Jersey Mike's yeah. and like I did uh, like landscaping stuff over the summers it wasn't until doing work like that when I'm like dripping sweat yeah. on a yeah. 95 degree day or it's a Sunday at a diner that's where I was at mm-hmm. it's like a breakfast diner yeah. so Sunday is like fucking mm-hmm. just the worst day yeah. and you're just busting your ass working a double so 12 hour shift on a Sunday and you work the shit before and you're just absolutely drop dead, dead tired. Yeah. Like that's work. Yeah. You know, that's work. Mm-hmm. Now you don't do that for long. No. You know, I worked at Jersey Mike's for two years. I did the server job for like a year. Yeah. But like, even then I like I always think back when I'm at my desk mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, like I was doing the that. floor right now. Yeah, absolutely. Doing the dishes right now. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I think, um, when I worked my job as a porter, I think I gained a similar experience to you. Because all I was doing, bro, was carrying tile and vinyl click floor up like flights of steps in an apartment building, wherever we were doing, putting it down, sweeping the floor after the fucking um, installers like would yeah. go in. And I would see the guys working there too, like who, by the way, were 40s, 50s, like every back problem in the book. Yep. 
like need to drink after work because like numbs whatever like physical pain they're going through Jeez. like that's the type of guys they were Jeez. and um it opens your eyes to that side of of life and not saying that that's not an honest living because it is right and they work very hard no but it, it's something you realize but, like, you didn't want it that's, yeah I like don't I, want that's to, do that to be me yeah that one summer of doing that i told myself that i would never ever do a job like that like long term that, that's what i'm saying and that's what i in uh, that my my dad did you know explain that to me a lot he goes this is what happens if you don't yeah. like go to school and mm-hmm. like, get like he's like this is your alternative like yeah and like yeah my argument my only argument against that is you can just fucking start a like you could do it. You, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. Zuckerberg the thing. Yeah. You build fucking Facebook mm-hmm. and drop out of college and yeah. and just fucking do that. But like, very few people. There's a small be, percentage of like, people who thing, do that. The thing really is though. about those guys, like Bill Gates and stuff, they fucking knew. Yeah. They weren't like I hope to. Yeah. It's just like I'm gonna build this thing. Have Have you seen the Mr. Beast uh, Joe Rogan podcast? Oh, when Mr. Beast is on. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't actually. Watch Basically, that. it's a similar premise. Like when he was 13 years old, he knew that he was gonna be a YouTuber. He knew. He didn't take school seriously at all. Like teachers, parents, everybody around him was like, "Dude, what the fuck are you doing?" And every day from 13 to 18, he made YouTube videos. And like that's the thing. Guys, Until he got to a point where he was making a steady income off YouTube. And I think almost all of those guys. You know, maybe like Cuban's honest with it when they ask him, like, "Hey, do yeah. you ever think?" He's like, "Fuck no." Yeah, uh, but like I don't even think you think about that. No, he, he thought he thought about building the business. It was his passion. He yeah. built the yeah. yeah. He liked code. He liked that stuff. He mm-hmm. liked tech. Like yeah, Bill Gates was just building shit, and like creating stuff. Like he literally got hired at eighteen mm-hmm. by the by his local like city to like redesign the code around like the school bus system. Yeah, that's crazy for the whole city. Like, it's crazy. The whole school district. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, these guys have an inherent confidence that they just know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it, they don't know when, maybe not exactly how, but yeah. they just know because there is that talent behind all of it, too. Yeah. They're fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, besides that, like, that's what he said. He was like, this is the, this is the, this is the gutter. Yeah. And you know what's the thing is? It was reaffirmed is if you talk to those guys. Mm-hmm. Like, working in a restaurant, a lot of, you know, a lot of people, 35, 40, right? So I'm like, you know, where are you from? Like, you get to know them. And a lot of them, what I noticed, a lot of them, they went to college. Yeah. They went to college, a couple years, and almost all of them say, yeah, they dropped out. And the reason behind it was just like, it, I always got, it wasn't for me. I always got, uh, oh, my, I got that one. That's my favorite that one. one. Yeah, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Uh, I got... Like I just didn't want to do it, so I yeah. just dropped out. I hate when people. Um, I hate the first one. And then, and then, I mean, yeah, you get the innocuous circumstance. You, like you get the heartbreaking ones where it's like, my, you know, mother got sick, and I had to take care of my whole family. Like I literally had to drop out because the only yeah. breadwinner in the family died or whatever happened, you know, and like, you just can't recover from it because you got to take care of whoever. And like mm-hmm. that, like, I think that's in its own category. That yeah. That is, like, I have so much fucking empathy for. Like, I'm, like, I feel so bad. So much fucking time. So much fucking time. (laughs) Um, But, like, everybody else is just, like, huh. That's my, I want to get back to that. That's my least favorite excuse I've ever heard ever. It wasn't for me. That one, yeah. It wasn't for me. Because, like, what you're basically saying is, like, when you say that, what you mean is, oh, I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. It's not that it wasn't for you. Like, school's... I don't think school's for anybody. anybody. Yeah. yeah. Like, people who get through and make it to a master's degree, a doctorate, like, I don't think they're going to school every day saying, wow, I love school. Uh, this is for me. And, I think and, they're and, doing and, it with a goal in the back yeah, of their and mind. they don't say, I love going to class. Yeah, no, yeah, one, yeah. no one fucking says that. No yeah. one says, I love reading 500-page yeah. fucking law textbooks yeah. and, like, minute details about whatever the fuck you're doing, right? Like, yeah. no one says that. Yeah. It's like, I think that... It's just the, a cop-out for whatever the fuck you want to be lazy about. Yes. I genuinely think yes. that's what it is. Yeah, because, and, but then that's the thing, like, they're, now they're working... Harder? Ten, ten times harder. Harder than less. Yeah. You know? That's and, one of the things I told you, bro, when I first got to where I'm at now. I was like, dude, the people complain about, like, you know, small things. And in reality, it's like, you're not outside mowing grass and edging yeah. the lawn all day yeah you're not carrying fucking vinyl click upstairs and yeah 
bending your back all day, fucking banging shit with a hammer. Like, you're not doing that. Yeah. You're that's not. hard. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's hard. Like, hard what you work, do man. is not hard. What no. you do, you have the privilege of doing. Sure, you worked hard for it. Yeah. But, like, there's... No, they're hard as they're all right. Like, yeah. you know, finance jobs, accounting yeah. jobs, business jobs in general that where you have to work a lot of hours. Like, mm-hmm. working a lot of hours is working almost. It's just it's not fun, right? Yeah. But, like, uh, it, it, the sheer pain mm-hmm. on your body after. Like, you don't, when you're done at your desk, you have low back pain because you didn't go exercise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you, your, your knees hurt because you haven't really moved around a lot that day. Right. Whatever. Like, that's not necessarily a byproduct of the job. You can get a standing desk. You know, yeah. you can get up, move around, walk mm-hmm. around, like get active, go to the gym, fix your low back pain. I'm not saying you go fucking bodybuild. No, I'm saying do no. some basic 20, yeah. 30 minute exercises to fix all that shit. That yeah. shit can be, that shit can get fixed. There's no physical like limitation. Yeah. Unless you actually have yeah. a physical limitation. You know, like obviously stress is one thing. I've been under time crunches where it's been really stressful. The one thing I will say about that is if I had just take, taken a step back half those times and it's been like, okay, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I need to do it by this time. I'm just going to block. I'm like, here's how we're going to break it up. Here's how we're going to schedule it. I only learned that from the CPA because it's this huge, like, it's this huge task. And it's just like, okay, I just literally need to take this one test at a time mm-hmm. and break that up and take it one chapter at a time, one mini quiz at a time one day at a time mm-hmm. one little module at a time mm-hmm. and then you like do a division and like you figure it out you yeah. know what I mean and like, if I had just done that I would be way more calm in terms of like work stress right but like yeah man I, I look back at that a lot and I think if your kid doesn't fucking learn that at least see at least just see like this could be you and you're not far from that that's the other thing too yeah is one thing I realized. I'm not that, and I, I, I forgot what the saying is, but everybody's like an inch from the gutter. Yeah. You know, you're closer to the gutter than you think you are. Yeah. And it was like, that's just not what I want my life to be. Because the other thing too is, this is the, this is the, not even, that, the, the sad thing I was talking before wasn't necessarily the sad part. This is the sad part. You see the depression on their face. Yeah. When they come into work, when they talk about their life, you see the pain in their eyes, and it's like, it, fuck, that hurts. Yeah. You know, it hurts to watch other people hurt. And, uh, but, like, yeah, dude, I don't really know where else you get those lessons. Like, you can get it in an office. People hate their lives there, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, you come across it every day. But, like, I just don't think you get that hit in the face. Yeah. You know? Like, I think what I'm personally going to make my kid do, what I'm actually going to make him do is caddy. That, I was going to say, that, that carrying around fucking clubs all day ain't necessarily it, it, It's not easy, but the other part about it is you start at a young age hearing conversations that... You build interpersonal you, connections. Yeah. Like, when I started catting, I was a lot more introverted, didn't really talk as much. And then, because you're walking around with a golfer for 18 holes, and most of these guys are lawyers or doctors, or they have they're you know, wealth cover, in some probably, way, yeah. they're going to talk to you. They're going to ask you what you do, why you're doing what you do. And then you could ask them the follow-up questions like, oh, what do you do? How did you get to where right. you are? And it's super interesting when you're dealing with these millionaires yeah. where it's like you can get it not like – and that's the other thing too. I do want to give that – my kid the glimpse into the – hopefully like that's me so mm-hmm. I can just see it every day. But yeah. like the glimpse into that other life. It's like, well, this is the byproduct of working hard and building good relationships. Yeah, for sure. You know? And that cat and catting, I think, is huge. Like, I wish I did catting. First of all, because I just like golf. Yeah. yeah. Second of all, you can just hang out with fucking rich people all day. Exactly. You know, yeah. I, you really don't get to do that that often. No. Um, but I think the cool thing about catting too is it's self-driven because you there is no time when you need to show up. Like, you won't lose your job if you don't show up for a week. Really? No. Like, catting is just. Was that like your specific club, or is that like no? A that's lot of clubs that's work? clubs everywhere. Like for okay. like, I was at. Park Ridge Country Club for a year, and then I did Bryn Mawr because it was closer to my house. Uh huh. And at Park Ridge, they would literally hire like eighty to hundred caddies, right? And the majority of them just wouldn't show. So you can come up and show up for twelve hour days if you wanted to. Yeah, and not get paid a dime. If you don't get a loop, you don't get paid. Like right. that's how it okay. works, right? Okay. So you could go, and that's how you kind of build a name for yourself. Like my first year, I didn't get out at all. I got out maybe 14, 15 times an entire summer. Right. Granted, I was taking days off and I was like not right, 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 going. Right, right. But then my second year, my third year, my fourth year, 
Um, I started to take it a little more seriously, and then you build a repertoire with your caddy master. They let you out more. You start meeting members and guests. And then they request start requesting you. you. Yeah. And that's how you build your you know little brand within the caddy shack. But yeah, it's the caddy shack. It's it's a job where you literally don't have to go. So like, if you want to make money, you have to wake up at five thirty and get there at six and go. Right. Like it's it's. Do so you have to get there at six? What if you got the, there at nine? It you could get there at nine if you're established. Got it. If you're a better caddy, if you want to get if you're, if you're a first year caddy, you, you got to get there at six, or you, you won't get out till one p.m., two p.m. And at that point, you've wasted six, seven hours of your time working, sitting there for free, mm-hmm. and the money that you make from the loop isn't going to be a lot anyway because you're still a young caddy. So like, really, it's just about building yourself up. So I think it's like the perfect no, that's starter huge, job. Dude. Yeah, that's that is yeah. huge. Yeah, and like have them work multiple jobs. Yeah, I worked multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's me too. And then, yeah, like get an established internship or do it. I don't even know what's going to happen. I don't know if college will be a thing. Like, I in what? In how many years are we talking? Like, like, like 20, know, 30? 20, 20, yeah. yeah. I, I really don't know where college is going to go from here. I feel like there will always be a form of it. Yeah, like, but I'm talking be, about in like the way we know it. Like, go to you know how many the like, campus you know and how many fucking schools. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. that okay. Because of like, first of all, one way or another, debt's gonna get addressed. Mm-hmm. We've all been sitting here waiting <laughs> if Biden's gonna cancel these checks or not. Yeah. Let, let's say he doesn't, or like it doesn't matter if he does or doesn't. Right. The issue is gonna get addressed. Right. In the next year, in August. Well, fuck. Payments start this month. Really? Fuck. Yeah, uh, I got student loans. So it, it, if you're on federal loans, we're back. <laughs> but yeah, that's so it's going to get addressed pretty soon here. Right. Or at least by next year when the next election is. Because the debt is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like the, the funny, it's student debt, the, like how it happened is so fucking funny. The government just, oh, so then this was the problem too. Government said anybody wants a loan can get one. Anybody, right? In terms of fairness, that's very fair. Morally speaking, like I think anybody should have the ability to go to college. Yeah. Right. I really do. Like there should be no reason anybody can't go to college. Problem with guaranteeing loans, though, is that now the school can just go, oh, so we can just do whatever we want. Mm. All right. Here's the problem if the debt gets canceled. It's the same thing. School's gonna be like, oh, you did that? Oh, cool, man. Up it in another 10,000 a year. Why not? It just got canceled. Cancel it again. Yeah. Like, they're like, you can just get a loan no matter how much we charge. You get in, it, you're in. And now we see the problem in that. But the other issue is, is how do you fairly design a new system? Because you can't just be like, not everybody can get a loan. Not like now you're denying people, especially people in low socioeconomic statuses, of going to college, which is just fucked up. Um, that's like the most Gen Z way to say that. Socioeconomic. <laughs> no, the, no, that, that's the, fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and so like I'm really interested to see because on the other thing too, like you said, like schools like ours, like yeah, it was a commuter school, so like they were the first ones to fucking drop during COVID, like. People are just going to stay at home. It's going to be easier. Now they're mandating it to be back, and I think it'll be back just because of the campus feel stuff. But, like, aside from that, enrollment rates are down everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. The other glaring one is men enrollment rates down Yeah. in college, which I don't really know why that's happening. Um, but, yeah, I don't, like, and the other thing is, is the access to education. Like, yeah, schools obviously adapted to technology and ingrained it, right? Everyone knows how to use Word. Mm-hmm. But what I'm surprised about, bro, not enough people. So you got a degree where you had to use Excel yeah, and know Excel. I got a degree where you have to know Excel. Mm-hmm. But there are people out there that just don't know how to use Excel at all. Yeah, they struggle. And it's like, I'm like flabbergasted. And I'm like, yeah. damn, like, they didn't teach you that? Because obviously we were doing tailored stuff, but like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't imagine being in like a critique writing class. I just can't do that. But yeah. like, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like the access to education is so much easier. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say you can't go to school for whatever reason. You know what you can learn online? 
Yeah. For free? Yeah. Code Academy. What what did you use to learn code? Because you, you, I remember you knew nothing. You knew nothing about code, and you wanted to start learning Python, and then you just started like. No, I I did have a class. You learned it in school. Yeah, there was a class. But there was like a site that they made you use, right? That was completely free. Uh, yeah. Don't even know the name. It was it was part of the course though. But I think Code Academy is free. Yeah, it is. Like you can learn how to code. Up to a pretty, yeah. you know, and I get it. I don't like coding. We use either. GitHub too, as well. Right. I don't like coding. I took one programming class in high school. I was like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. But I don't really like it either. If you, yeah, but if you wanted to it's learn, tedious and it's, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know how people, I don't yeah. know how people do that. Really like spending all day just writing like line after line of dude and like what these, you want exactly specifically it to do. These programs get so tedious. big, and there's like one error, mm-hmm. and like you have to like sit there and figure out why the thing like. Yeah, they're if insane so, problem solvers. Though. It, yeah, what I will say is, if you need a skill, if you're like fuck, like it, right now, if Back you're in to college, the learning thing. yeah, if you're in college right now and you're like fuck, dude, my degree is not as valuable as I thought it was. I feel like I need to pick something up. I would highly recommend anybody you learn a program. Code. Yeah, anybody learn you be... learn how to do it because you it, it's valuable anywhere you go. There's a guy on my team where I work currently who is a great programmer yeah. and he was hired for that reason. And so now anytime like in that department something hits the fan with, you know, a website or a system, they're gonna hit him up, they're gonna be like, Hey, can you fix this? He'll go in, he'll write two hours of code, he'll come out and the problem will be fixed. Yeah. It's, it's a, one of the most valuable skills you can have in the workplace. So even if you know it at a very basic level like I do, or like Shiv does. I don't well, Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I told you I took one class and I was like, "Fuck this." Fair, fair enough. But, but like, I agree. You know, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Like, pick it up. You need something. You're like, you're just like, yeah. You could be in sales. You could be an English teacher. You could be anything. literally, dude. And you can learn how to. It's code. useful. Like, it's useful. It's, and you could do your own shit with it too. If you want to build your own website, you want to build your own video game. Like, you could. Do you can so tailor many whatever like you're doing at your current, like your current task to, like I've seen that people write mm-hmm. code for like. Just random stuff that they normally do at their job. Yeah. It's like holy shit, you just automated like four hours of your day. Yeah, like holy shit, you just freed up four hours of your day, and you don't really have access to that. Like we do because you know there's dedicated teams that are constantly building stuff. Mm. But like if, you know, you're just doing a random, especially for a gig worker, you do your yeah. own thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's huge, 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 huge. Yeah, I think there's a lot of. Um there's a lot of other little things like that that you can do to boost up your resume. But like, even aside like. from code, you want to learn how to write. There's fucking someone on YouTube that has, that will teach you how to write like a professor. Mm-hmm. Like you can learn how to be a PhD level writer. You would can, you do, would you do that by the way? What? Would you be a professor? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I thought you would say yeah to that. It, so what's funny is, is I think it's just something in, in my genes. <laughs> I think it's just something in my genes because my pops has always said he wanted to be a professor. Okay. Um, it's a very, like, respectable... Like, you say, you say you're a professor, like... It has nothing to do with that. You know me, right? Yeah. You know me. Like, one thing I genuinely love doing is teaching people things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're very watching them succeed at me teaching them things. Like, it, it, it is... It is... Like, the root of it, to me, is 50% selfish, 50% empathetic. Because I am empathetic to, if I know how to Problem. do something, yeah. if I know someone's doing not optimally doing something, I just want to help them. Like yeah, unless I your, don't like you, I will just. That's like, your entire personality. That's my whole thing, yeah. right? It's my yeah. whole thing. And at the same time, yeah, I feel good by helping you and then watching you succeed. Yeah, you know, like that is like peak euphoria. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, like. What, and what age do you have? Would you have to be to do that? Older. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to do my own thing first. Yeah, you know, my my career and my, I want to, I want to live. I think the professors that I've had that have been there, done that, like my old uh, shout out Goldstein, retired finance four ten professor, right? He was a C level executive at an alcohol company, mm. right? Doing different deals, like actually ran that shit yeah. like the stuff they teach about in business school he actually did that shit mm-hmm. right most of the professors did it right they went to school then they went to school again then they went to school again and then they became a professor yeah um, the amount that I learned not from that class but from just watching that guy talking yeah uh, the professors I noticed that have been there and done that 
are more personable. 100%. They, they, they carve out time in class to just talk about shit. David Wade. D Wade. <laughs> Shout out D Wade. David Wade was great. Um, he caught the back end of his his uh, prime. Yeah, dude. And like, I didn't go to many of those because no, I took. No, no, you didn't. No, dude. I really. We're I in the same go, class. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't go at all. But here's the, the reason <laughs> I didn't go was I took business law in high school. Yeah, yeah, no, no. And so I just needed the like two minute rap sheet, and yeah. like I was back in it. But yeah. the times I did go to D Wade's class, yeah. I was like, this is kind of entertaining. Dude, I, I always went for that reason. I just liked hearing him talk. Yeah. Like, Half of his class was him talking about his college days or like what he did at work. Yeah. He really didn't get specific and he never really looked at the PowerPoint either. No. He would like have it up behind him, but he would just talk about it. And those are the best teachers. Yeah. They don't even, they don't even. Off the rip, they're just talking. Or, or I will say, I had one professor who like wrote, so he writes all of his own tests every single semester, writes a new test. Damn. Completely new. Midterm, final. Quizzes, quizzes. I think are recycled, maybe, but writes all of his own questions, writes all of his own PowerPoints. That's fucking. You know how like, cause dude, next level. and you know what pisses me off about some professors in college? They just fucking use the book, the book uh, presentation that they give. Like yeah. I like, I know you didn't make that. Yeah. You know, and I get like, you want to leverage the materials you have, but at the same time, you can't sit there and effectively teach something. If your own like input isn't put into that that process, yeah. you're just reading fucking slides. Like no one is gonna pay attention. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, I, the the ones that actually took the time out to like make their own shit. Like while it was way harder, it's way harder. You can't look anything up because they make it yeah. right. You have to, you really have to learn it. But at the same time, you learn so goddamn much. Yeah. So much. And then, yeah, those professors that I was talking about before, like, they literally just talk. Mm-hmm. And they're, no, like, they're chill and stuff. But, like, I yeah, I would do it when I'm later on. And, like, that's my whole thing. Yeah. It would even be, like, I don't know if it'd be something complex. It would be, like, mo- the whole class would be fucking... Like management 227. Lear- learning like, life. Yeah, like, accounting 206, it, it, 207. So, I want to, like... Would you do I, the I so I would want my, no, So, I would want my own class. Okay. What do you mean by that? Like your own? It's my curriculum. Like the, the class. Oh, like like okay. the, yeah. I created the class. Okay. You know, like you can only the only professor is me because I made it. Okay. You know, I'm not like it could be a mixture of different. It's gonna be a different a mixture of different subjects. Yeah. It'll probably be I don't know if it'll be innovative or whatever it'll be, but like if I were to teach a class, it would be something of my own agenda because I can't effectively like you, you know my style of of teaching people. Yeah. I can't actually get in the weeds with you if I'm reading off a script. I feel like you'd be a good macroeconomics I'd teacher. Love to teach economics. Yeah. Like yeah. you like you could just talk cuz that's so broad. Like you can it talk is. about really whatever you want to. Yes. In terms of like the economy. Economics degree though is a complete waste. Yeah. They they're all like they're all theorists. You ever yeah. see shit all the time? You see shit. Oh, economists believe and they're wrong. Yeah. Because economists don't fucking live the shit. No. They're just all theory. They're all books. Like it doesn't. That's not how that works. Fun classes though. Yeah. I did. I, did I like, loved economics. I liked both of them. I loved economics because of the story we, I I said on this podcast very early on. Uh, shout out Dave Ashton about the time when he pulled me in, mm. called my parents in yeah. for no reason, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, economic. But like, those are the fucking teachers, bro. Yeah. And like, there's not enough of those I yeah. think in college. Like, there's too many. Like. And, like, you don't really expect it. Like, you think about it now that we work in a job where you see people who really hustle and really grind yeah. and, like, really want to make something of themselves in that job and someone else who works the exact same job who does the bare minimum. Yeah. And now looking back on it, I can see so many teachers who just got by. Yeah. You know? I agree. And, and in those classes, like, they had probably had the highest failure rates. Yeah. And, well, some of the really good teachers I had had high fail rates just because people just weren't about it. Yeah. Because when you do, you take enough easy classes, you get hit with a hard class. So you, the thing is, like, I realize now... It's the like, reason for those classes, though. Weed out the weak. Bro, and, like, but the thing is, like, I learned to, like, like the hard classes. Like, yeah. I really did. The ones with, like, the ones where the averages on the test like were the 50%. Finance 20s. Finance 20s, all right. That was... I, I'm talking, like, in, in, like, the deeper you get... And like, well, you probably had a harder class in finance three twenty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. probably when we first got to finance three twenty, probably mm-hmm. right. But I'm, I was, just, I, I already did have that shit. My hardest class was database application. That was, yeah. See, I would be fucked. That was like I, would be I struggled like bad. I, ba- I basically had to like get online with a professor every week, 
Yeah. This, this is when we went online. And I, I had a class just like that. Same process that I wrote all his tests. But the difference was is that I was genuinely interested in the topic. Yeah. So I was already there. But like, yeah, I was in that guy's office every week. Yeah. I was like, so, okay, explain how this, like, and I did okay on the test. I didn't do that amazing. Yeah. For going in the office every week and like being that student, I was, we were both never that guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, to be like, to be that student and I got like B's on tests and mm -hmm. like I, it, it was, first of all, it was humbling. But second of all, I was like that, okay, that's like, those hard classes, when you're done with them, you're like, fuck, I, you know, you did something. Yeah. You know, you, you worked hard at something. There's some gratification there. Absolutely. And like, yeah, trust me, listen, I'm the first guy out there. You should have your semesters where you stack the easy ones. <laughs> I, did, I did it. Yeah. You all done it. Did. You stack the easy ones. You use, use your, ETT uh, 211. Dude, use your ETT 211s. <laughs> ETT 211s like a, like how to like, like create a word doc. Yeah, PowerPoint. Uh, yeah, like how to make a PowerPoint. <laughs> the like final, stuff you learned in like six, six grade. Dog, the final was you had to pick a social media company and make a 25 point PowerPoint, uh, PowerPoint presentation yeah. on like the social or, media. No, my favorite were, I like, I, I was straight up with it too. Rest and relaxation. Yeah. Like, that shit was, on, that shit's yeah. on my transcript. Do you just go to class and like you meditate? No, dude, it was, was online. <laughs> There's no way. Was the, so what the fuck do you do? during COVID, dude. You wrote, you, just, you write a paragraph every week. <laughs> one paragraph about how you relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's What amazing. did you do to de-stress? Did you take that one sports class that everybody took? There was like five of us I in took golf? Class, our senior year. Uh, you know what I'm, you know yeah, exactly what I'm talking I do. about. I don't I, remember the name of the class. Uh, Literally, I, it's I, sports I, history. I, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. But okay. I, you know, I probably would have. I had. I think I had my rung out yeah. of, of those classes. Yeah. Uh, Dude, me, Nemo, Chad, and Austin, shout out to all of them. We were in that class. We'd get together. It was a page paper a week. Yeah. We would all do a tiny bit of it. Yeah. And it would take... 10 minutes to class like that's for the great. week dude that's great and uh the stuff was actually interesting like we had to watch um the black Sox movie okay that was one of our and then we had to write a one pager on it yeah. after oh we dude my favorite class ever in terms of enjoyment was two classes uh oh, the other thing i would teach is history yeah i love history i love history. uh so u.s history uh like ap u.s history and then military history that i took my senior year this was like Shout out Naval Central. A few things I'll shout them out for. They had some creative classes. Uh, it was taught by, shout out Hanaberry, bro. This dude looked like <laughs> Einstein. <laughs> really? Like, literally picture Einstein. <laughs> Looks like Einstein, right? He teaches military history. Probably on purpose. The whole class, bro. Nah, nah, like, the hair was crazy? The hair was fro, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Froed out. Glasses. Yeah, everything. Suit? Did he suit up? Uh, very, so very well dressed. So he's Einstein Jr. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and so we would watch movies. Yeah. Uh, like, but the movies had to depict the actual battles correctly. And then the PowerPoints were literally like, like shit you would read before you go to war. Like this is, this is the formation. Like this is why you do the formation. This is how you stop so was, the formation. He was deep into that shit. Me and my buddy, we looked like, we played Sib, we were in this class and like, we were like giddy kids, man. This was like <laughs> the greatest thing ever. Like we were learning how to how to like tactically win a battle in war <laughs> and why they did that throughout history yeah so you started at like the very beginning it was like a phalanx literally a square and like one so some guys have shields and some guys are pointing their sticks uh, and you you moved in a straight line right but then it like transforms with different weaponry and like then you start covering these big battles in history yeah battle of hastings uh battle Pitch. of waterloo uh yeah <laughs> uh like, Norm, uh, did they the, Napoleon, the Napoleon's dude, the biggest stuff is, I sound like such a nerd. Napoleon stuff is Napoleon's fucking wild. Dude. Yeah. Like those battles and like why, like, first of all, arrows are fucking crazy. Like an arrow will fuck you. Like, you know how Joe Rogan likes arrows? Yeah. Dude, those things will fucking split you in half. Yes. Damn. They had, yes, they had arrows that would just completely eviscerate you in half. The arrows would go through fucking trees. Were those flaming arrows a real thing? Like, yes, you know flaming, yes. flaming arrows were a real thing from the beginning. They up. they knew how to do that shit. They literally dip that shit in oil, up. light that shit on fire, and you go. Because it was also used for like if it was dark, Damn. just to see, right? And um, if you're in like a forest, like it, um, you could start fires, right? Yeah. By throwing flame. Like, flaming arrows had like so many different like utility purposes. Um, but yeah, archery is. I think I want to get into that. 
is, is learning how to learning how to get in, you get know. your full Joe on, dude. I I, I think it's sick. <laughs> yeah. I really do think archery is sick. And like, if you can go out, like I th- I actually think going out there, like hunting with a gun, I think you know it, it's cool. Hunting with an arrow, bro, the most primal dude, way of hunting. Yeah, you say that you got like you got that animal because you lit like no weapon. Staked like, it you, out. You staked it out, and you went. You had to tie him up the shot. How far? Shot. How far can you get an accurate shot with an arrow? Dude, a long way. People are shooting like. Three football fields away. Really? Yes. That's far with far. accuracy. With accuracy. Damn. Like I didn't you, know it was that. You far. have to be at your most zen. Do you got to think about to like, that? Like, yeah. Three football fields. Three football fields. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're hunting animals, and you can't really get. You that can't close. see. You can't. You can barely see at the end of the other fucking end zone if you're standing from one end zone. Man, it takes like, a lot of precision. Like, what the fuck? Like, the amount of talent needed <laughs> to fucking, like, the skills learned needed to fucking shoot an arrow accurately is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And you gotta be strong. Yeah. You need upper body strength to shoot these fucking arrows. If they can split you in half, they're not light. Yeah. They're actually heavy. Like, the, the mechanics and stuff. Um, but yeah, like, and then when guns came around, all the Civil War stuff, like, really understanding, you can't understand... Like, the Civil War has a big aspect of it because of slavery, right? Yeah, and, like, yeah. the political aspects of it and, and, and the, the change in, in American, um, basically, by history because of it. But if you look at the nitty-gritty of the battles that were fought in there, like, Lee literally got, um, or the, one of the Northern commanders literally got Lee, General Lee's plans for a battle that was going to happen in three days. Got the whole thing. And he fucked him up. And Lee still won. Wow. I think he thought it was a fake. Fake. God. And Lee did exactly that. And I think Lee leaked it intentionally. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Like, like dude, the, and that's the other he, part of it. Like, fuck, fuck Lee. He fuck lost, the fuck but... the fuck the real nerdy like battle mechanics. The psychology, man. Yeah. These guys, these generals, are like thinking in each other's heads. It's literally like it's a a, a battle within a battle. Yeah. Is the is the top dogs and like. Really, how you build hierarchies in, like, in a, a company hierarchy is very, very similar to a military hierarchy. Mm. There's a chain of command, right? In almost every business, there's a chain of command. The same premises in, in how you keep morale up in an army, how you keep your troops wanting to fight for you, is the same thing in business. The whole tone at the top thing is so true. How the leaders... How the leaders act, how the leaders dictate, the discipline that they require of their troops is the only, like, it's the, if they don't have that, they're not going to win. Mm. And it's the same thing in business, man. If, the, if, if your boss and your boss's boss are completely in tune with the vision and are, are being diligent on producing good work and all that stuff that comes with, you know, and, and at the same time, like, wanting your best interests right like all that stuff it's the same shit and it all started because of like we were fighting from the beginning like, yeah. we were fighting before we were shaking hands yeah. you know um but and yeah like that that stuff is just wild um the craziest thing was the reason napoleon's a fucking psycho is this dude literally got first of all he managed to swindle his way out of getting executed the first time he got captured and they just shipped him off to a Island. How do you do that? Uh, he's a good talker. So he, yeah, he's this guy. Napoleon came from dirt. Mm. This is the crazy thing. In France, especially at the time, the only way, like you know how they say here, like oh, you can only get that job if you have X Y Z connections. When right. we know that that's not necessarily true, you gotta you can grind it out. In France, you could not grind it out. If you grinded it out, it's because you were a farmer. Damn. Yeah. Uh, like that was it. If you wanted to get high-ranking stuff in the military, it didn't matter how good you were. You weren't from a rich background. You weren't in that clique. You weren't getting up. Yeah. Because they only promoted those guys. So then, how do you do it? Napoleon literally worked like he. So he was like uh, the lowest level in the military. Yeah. And there was wars going on at the time, which is which opportunistically wise, no one else like it's even admitted. I don't know if he admitted this, but. Um, he wouldn't have become Napoleon if there wasn't the opportunity to show how good he was. If that makes sense, right? They're not just sitting there in the fucking reserves. This guy worked like a absolute dog. Researching, reading. First of all, he was like, he could barely do any of that stuff. Taught himself all of that. And started being helpful to his commanders. 
who were in that clique. And eventually, they're like, this guy's up. Like, a G. Yeah. yeah. So they brought him up. And mm-hmm. as he, and so then he, like, he starts to lead his own, like, battalion. Yeah. Or, like, first it's his group, and then it's his battalion. And then it's, like, a segment of the army. Like, he's one of the generals now. Yeah. And he, he shoots up because there's a huge war going on. They're fighting the British. They're fighting all the countries surrounding them. Yeah. Uh, and so he has this opportunity to rise up really fast, but he succeeds. He even says, like, he knows there's certain battles. Like, if I don't win this battle, like, my career's done. Yeah. Like, if I, like, I mean, it's not, if I don't win this battle, if I don't step on their throats. Yeah. You know, and, like, they said they wanted this city in three weeks. We're going to do it tomorrow. Like, yeah. and we're going to take more land. We said 10 miles, we're going to take 25 miles. Yeah. Right? Con- just constantly being a dog in the streets. That's crazy. Basically. Yes. This dude was a dog in the streets and then became the, he became so popular because he was like, I don't know what it, it idolized, basically. Yeah, they were yeah. like, literally, he's, a, he's Michael Jordan in the, in, in, <laughs> in, in, yeah, seriously, he's the Michael Jordan of command. They're like, oh, he's the one leading, leading this battle? Like, yeah. oh, we're good. Yeah, we're set. Like, we're, we're, we're going to yeah. fucking kick ass. That's crazy. I've and, seen his uh, fu- uh, his burial ground. He's literally buried in a museum in France. Yeah, I mean it's, it's incredible. And and, uh, and he's tiny too. So yeah, he becomes he. And the other part was political, right? He became friends with the right people, yeah. and they staged the coup at the right time. And because he was such a already well known, like this guy's a fucking G. They're like yeah, everybody yeah. else was like, but right behind him. Get him here. And, they, and he was like, I want, like I want to take. Takes over the whole country, becomes emperor yeah. of France, and everyone was like about it mm-hmm. like there was no fake in the voting poll if there was one yeah like everyone was in and they were conquering territory and like just going crazy problem is he got too power hungry yeah stretched himself too thin fighting wars on two fronts uh no matter how good you are you're gonna get gonna lose it's not like the british were bad at what they were doing either yeah. they have there's someone in there in that army at that time that's a dog in their own right right yeah so he gets he gets captured and they send him to an island just off the coast of France because they can't kill him. <laughs> People are going to go crazy. Yeah. It's already a madhouse there still. Like, revolts and all that stuff. Yeah. Within. He gets exiled. Uh, this is this actually in the book 48 Laws of Power. The British actually brought him back. That's crazy. They brought him back. So they sent over... For, for that reason, they thought he was going to go crazy? Or they, they thought... They, 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 they wanted, thought he was already too so they, hungry. Their their whole thing was is he's so out of control uh, that if we can at least control him and like not and by control him I mean plant I like and this is like I think this is where they got the the idea of Inception the the book or like the movie Inception mm-hmm. because this is what happened which I still haven't one seen of his way. most trusted advisors of twenty years Napoleon's uh, is like sent down there I think he calls for him like he has visitation of, of some kind so basically like best friend slash advisor the British had already got to him before and were basically like your buddy's fucking out of control and you know that like this is, these are smart people we're talking about so they know what's going on right. your buddy's out of control and he's basically like yeah um, we like need you to tell him to like we want you to convince him to like, come back and like re-rise up the army and like try at it once again because they knew if he tried again because of how paper thin France were France had lost a lot of troops the civil war was still going on like people they, they, were, they were killing themselves and they were getting right. attacked on like it's the France was uh, England wasn't the only country against them it was everybody else because right. everybody in Europe was like these fuckers need to be stopped like right now so they all came together and like let's kick their ass well when the entire damn continent is against you it's kind of tough right. so uh, they're like we need you to convince him to come back try like just convince him to like, basically like, go take it all back, and we'll go. Damn. And so, he gets sent down, and it didn't take much convincing because mm-hmm. he was already a psycho. Um, to like rile him up, and so they riled him up. They planted a seed in his head to like, you're gonna come back. France is fine. Maybe like as soon as you're back, like, it's it's terrible right now, but as soon as you're back, like we'll be good to go. Yeah. And for the beginning, they were. When Napoleon was back, everybody freaked out. They were like, he's back. And literally, Michael Jordan came coming back. It, I, think, I, think, I don't even know how long the hiatus was. It might have been a couple years. Like, just yeah. like him. He, Napoleon went to go play baseball <laughs> for a couple years. He basically chilled on an island. Like, yeah. did nothing. He lived on a mansion, an island. That was his exile. He just couldn't go back to France. That's or really anywhere. I think he traveled North Africa. 
which is sick. Yeah. Um, and so they convince him to come back. He rises up the army, and there's so many apparent signs that like this just shouldn't happen. He shouldn't do it. He shouldn't go. And the Battle of Waterloo is about to happen, and they basically know that he's going to be too aggressive. Yeah. And he's fighting, and like he starts making bad decisions now, decisions he wouldn't have made before. Like when you're fighting in, in, in a battle and they have like the whole high ground thing, it's it's real. Yeah. Like being on a higher ground is very, very advantageous in a, in a fight of any kind. Yeah. Right? The British had the high ground in this situation by like a lot. The terrain was hard to get through to the point where there was only a couple entry points and it was hard to get in because one of them, one of the entry points was around a mountain. It's been a while since I read it, but I know the main premise. So the British structurally like laid everything out, knew where to put the knew where to put the, the archers, and the most important thing was their cavalry positioning and artillery. Artillery is huge because you fucking just, if I just drop a cannon and it explodes, like it only takes a shard this much to kill you. Like when it explodes like that, it only takes one thing in the fucking neck and you're gone. Yeah. You know? Uh, the so basically like yeah they, they corner the guy and they get him. And like it but like the whole process behind that and like the games that were played just to get him there. Yeah. And how someone of that stature, like this guy is the like probably one of the greatest battle tacticians ever, ever, right? To be able to do what he did, same thing with Genghis Khan, right? But for even him to lose sight of because the power, I mean, did you run a whole country? You run the essentially the world to you though. Because you're go you're not just running a country, you're going around conquering fucking you're <laughs> like, I want it, I want that, we're taking it. <laughs> Like, you know, they're, they're basically in a Nike store. <laughs> like, oh, that place seems cool. Let's take that. That is crazy how that did used to work. Uh, like, the, how just you can literally build an army. You like where they're at. I want, want it. You want it, and you and take it. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking wreak havoc. Let's yeah. kill all their men. Keep the women and children. And... That's why Genghis Khan survived. Not because he kept the women and children. They raped all the women. It yeah. was bad. But, um... What he did was, is he actually saved, kept people alive that were smart. So the scientists, the alchemists, the, 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 the scribers, the, even some, like the military, the whole military gets fucking wiped. But, um, but the ones that surrendered joined. Yeah. Um, you can't have no choice. If you surrendered under Genghis Khan, you're, no one gets raped. Like, well, maybe, I don't know. It's bad. It was bad at the time. Yeah. But like, they wouldn't kill anybody. Like if you were, if they showed up, they'd show up, they'd be like, we want it. And if you were just like here, they were like, cool. Damn, really? Yeah. Oh. Because there's no point. Yeah. Like the, the but if you did, you're all dead. Yeah. And they, they were ruthless. But like, yeah, so they would keep the smart people alive because, and they kept the culture of the place. Mm. So like they took over like we're talking thousands and thousands of miles. People have different cultures. They were taking over Arab cultures too. That they were letting them. You know, you got your thing. Mm. You do that. We just want all the money and like put our troops here and blah blah. Like follow like follow certain rules. But you want to follow your religion or because I, I don't know if, I don't know how established Islam was at the time. But like you could do that. Mm. You know, education. They preach. They're like, yeah, you want to you want to educate your people. You do that. How you do that. That's why it's sustained for so long. It died off with like these grandkids because that's just how it is, bro. Yeah. Empire's falling because the kids just suck. Yeah, they don't have the drive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like. That's what I'm saying. Like history is so fucking cool. Yeah. And you can attach to like even things now. It's like there's history certain, repeats itself. That's like Putin and like all that stuff. Like, yeah. He's just a byproduct of the of, of a certain type of individual. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people on Earth, if given the same opportunities that he had, are doing the same thing. Probably. Just as crazy. Yeah. You know? He literally's out there. He's like, I want that shit. Like, he's, well, they've wanted Ukraine for years. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, they're still fighting over it. I don't really know what's going on. But I know he's like, I heard he's got cancer. No. So, Ian Bremmer, remember the guy? That's one of the things he cleared up. He said that that's, like... There's no way. That's a, that's a, th a theory amongst... That, like, he says people of high status and, like, politicians, like, they don't believe that at all. Okay. They think it's just a theory that's okay. been formulated for okay. people to maybe well, think that. Yeah, I, and to be honest, I would think he would look a little worse. Yeah. Look at Obama, man. When he came in, that dude was fresh. He had the yeah. fade, all black hair, yeah. looking clean. He left Bro, that guy leaving, oh my God. Yeah. That, I mean. I mean and, dude, it just shows how stressful that job yeah, is. Yeah, man. 
You, you got a camera on you anywhere you go. 24-7. 24-7. And, dude, you're literally the leader of the free world. Leader like, of the free world. You don't know if there's anyone who's actively trying you, to kill you. You never know the right decision. No. But, and that's, that's the crazy thing, too. It's like, you, you're put in a role where, like, yeah, you, your only other consultants are past presidents. Yeah. Now, you know about the past president's letter? No, but is it is basically that they write a letter to the so yeah next coming yeah they they leave it in the office drawer interesting and they write a letter uh, Bill Clinton's one to that's so sick. Uh, the next one was sick that's so funny. Bill Clinton wrote Obama a letter though George are Bush, they are they released to the public or yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, okay. some of them are some okay. of them are uh, some are I don't know um, George Bush's to Obama was released. That was a good one. And then they talk. Is that that book? Is that book real? What book? The secret book. It basically there's I, I read a long time ago that there's this book that the presidents passed on each other with all like the secret workings God. of the of the God. White House. Yeah. And, like what's happened and like. Yeah. First of all, as president, you get access to all CIA stuff. Dude, you, first thing you, I'm doing is JFK. You, you need to get filled in. You need to get filled in on some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right away too. Right. Um, which is crazy if like you think. It's like one way, like you can't tell anybody. Yeah, you're really like what? Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, the job of a politician is one. I politician, that... dude. I think I, I just despise, but president is different. Yeah, senator, dude. Fuck that, man. That sucks. President of the United States. That's the epitome right mm-hmm. there. You actually like. You could drop fucking bombs, <laughs> like you could. You just want to cut money supply to some country? <laughs> Done deal. Like, it's fucked. you want to you want to reroute a bunch? Like, you want to just you can control a military and do whatever you want. Yeah. No, not obviously not whatever you want, but like you could. You know, it, it's it's when the U.S. Wild. dropped the bombs, bro. It changed everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm changed listen, I'm glad there's a, a, a very big apprehension there. Yeah. To like not. I think I think finally there was a point in time in history where they were like, okay, dude, they built enough. Let's fucking relax. Both sides built enough <laughs> nuclear bombs to like destroy the planet yeah. ten times over. Yeah, they're like, all right, well, we're not gonna. We're too much to agree to not. Yeah, do this. let's like relax. Let's take a step back here. And like I agree. Like listen, if the, I'm not like of course. Do I think if there was possibility for no war, like yeah, yeah, yeah but that's just not how life works, right? In conflicts, that where war is a necessity. If we could just stick to like ground combat, no yeah. gas. Yeah. Like there's rules. There are rules of combat, but there even ours. then, but even then, like. Putin's breaking him a, a bit. He's. Still, I don't know. Probably. Yeah. He he. Uh, the prisoner he can't, stuff. He, he can't target like um like schools or like. He, like Which is he, all fair. Yeah. Yeah. Which is but all it, fair. He, there's been a couple like stray stray bombs. I mean, that the problem hit. is, dude. Regardless of even if you weren't trying. Yeah, it's tough, dude. You can't control that shit. Well, we're talking about city streets here. Yeah. You know. It's just it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Cool kind of story. Um, my next door neighbor who I like grew up next to the entire time, he's an older guy, had kids that are like maybe 10 to 15 years older than us. His, his dad passed away like last week. Um, and he had, he was a World War II veteran but who was stationed in Japan. Okay. And so when the bomb went off, he wasn't close enough to the bomb to actually get any like Exposure. Exposure there then at the time because he was young. Right. But as he got older, um, the radiation actually created like welts on his neck. So he developed like these big wow. like welts on his neck. And they showed me a picture of him. And he seemed like a super happy guy. It didn't look like it really bothered him, probably because he lived with it. But yeah, the radiation was that like impactful that he was pretty far from like the actual radius of where it hit and he still ended up with cancer and with wow. uh with welts like So I gave him cancer. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Yeah, that, that dude who fucking lived through both is a fucking top G. That's yeah. Crazy. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal luck and unreal yeah. bad luck yeah. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like to see a city it's destroyed. Like, uh, yeah, I've been through two atomic bombs. I also like lived with both of them and had no no damage. Yeah. I don't you have to have a different level of comprehension. Like, I don't know, your brain, brain just has to I mean, be like, it just fucking like, changes. I don't yeah. know. Like, I, that's like you, happened twice. The way of coping with that. I don't know how be... you cope with a bomb that destroys the entire city in yeah. like two seconds. Yeah. Like that, it just, they, so I've seen the videos of the tests they do and, and they did in Nevada. Yeah. So they would build like full fucking suburban 
like little cutouts. Yeah. yeah, with school buses and like first of all, great use of government funds, guys. Nuketown. Yeah, building is. nuketowns. Yeah. Um I can't imagine how expensive that is. And yeah, and then them dropping bombs on it and seeing the, the stuff just eviscerate. Like this school bus literally just turns into like a shadow on the on yeah. the floor. Yeah. Like have you seen the Indiana Jones movie, uh, Crystal Crystal Skull? That's how they start the movie. I thought I, I thought he, he goes into a fridge, oh, and that's how he survives. The I've only seen Raiders now. of the Lost Ark. They're really good movies. I've only seen the one. That's the first one, yeah. With Harrison Ford, it's really good. Uh, All I three know, are good. The the trilogy's good. My mom showed it to me. Yeah. Uh, he was actually afraid of snakes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd be those things were fucking great. Snakes. Method acting. Yeah, it's perfect. Mm. It's perfect. But yeah, that movie was funny. No. Like, don't look at the thing. Yeah. No. Looks at it, switches out the fucking... Off, yeah. Or something, yeah. But... Yeah, you good to wrap it? Yeah. Did an hour. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the drill. Episode number 40 of The Shetty Show. S-H-E-D-D-Y-S-H-O-W. Follow us on the IG. Fuck, can't talk. Follow us on the IG. Follow us on the TikTok. Uh, let us know your opinions, comments, concerns in the comment sections. Hit us up personally. Shiv, any final thoughts? Be who you want to be. I'll see ya.